Hi, I'm Michael London, and welcome to Spidcast, the future of collaborative video production, brought to you by SpidVid.com. On this episode, we're visiting with Gavin Layton and Mike Lawson, both actors living in Los Angeles, and both now blazing that trail to non-traditional video production and delivery, and worldwide collaboration as well. They have, in fact, worked together, but also separately, both with great success. And certain you'll enjoy their similar, but quite unique stories as well. Spidcast. First up is Gavin Layton. Gavin, welcome to Spidcast. Thank you. I'm, I'm really excited to be here, and um, thank you for the opportunity to get to speak with others that are like-minded, want to do what I want to do. Gavin, tell us a little bit about your story. I, I, I live in Los Angeles. I moved to Los Angeles about seven and a half years ago. I, I moved out here for specifically for acting and music and writing. And during that time, I've worked uh, some as an actor and uh, booked things which have been exciting, um, but I've also have most excitingly been able to work on projects where uh, I helped to create or I was just a part of the process with a group of friends and uh, getting to wear lots of little hats on, on various projects over the course of time that I've been out here, uh, which for me has been really fulfilling. It's, it's a different experience than just um, booking something and um, moving on. You, you actually create something, which is pretty exciting. Well, that sounds great. Now, tell us a little bit about how you broke into the business. I've had the honor and the good fortune to work with some really great people out here in Los Angeles. Um, I'll name a few kind of as I go along, but just, just to name some, I've uh, had the uh, good fortune of working with uh, Peter Atencio, working with Jen Fee, and Alicia Sky. And these are all people that have uh, made some really incredible video content and have gotten some attention with their work for numerous reasons, uh, especially with the quality of their work. Um, one of the one of the things, kind of most notably for me, was I produced something called uh, Baracula the Musical. Um, we did this um, several several years ago, a long time ago, at the towards the end of '07, long before it was cool to jump on the um, Barack Obama bandwagon and making videos about him. We uh, created this um, this 12 minutes. Um, I call it a short political horror rock musical. And uh, basically, uh, Barack Obama fighting vampires at um, Harvard Law School. And uh, it's it's talk, got two musical numbers and dancing, which I, I composed for, I helped produce, I also starred in. So that was kind of my first experience with collaborating with others and creating video content, and it got a lot of attention. And uh, we were featured on CNN, Fox, MSNBC. Uh, we were discussed with uh, VH1 and MTV. We were in newspapers. Um, you know, uh, you know, it was, it was really cool. We got a lot of great um, publicity, and it was all kind of unintentional. We were not aiming to get that kind of publicity. It just kind of fell into our laps because we released it at the, uh, the beginning of February of 2008, like around Super Tuesday, just for fun, and it just kind of took off from there for a while. It was cool. Now, I'm going to guess on that production that you took advantage of uh, collaboration. Absolutely. So... Uh, what had happened was uh, some friends of mine, um, Mike Lawson, who I work with quite a bit, um, Brooke Shirey, um, Justin Sherman, they were just uh, making a short film, and uh, they wanted to know if I wanted to produce it along with them. It, it, it was just really a story about Barack Obama being in uh, at Harvard, and um, I, that, that's all it kind of was, and I, I liked the idea of collaborating, because you get to spend time with uh, 
friends in a really special way, in a way that um, you get to do something that you love to do, you get to create something, um, but then somebody came up with the idea of making it a musical. And once it, once, uh, you know, that, that, that really got my attention, and I was really on board from that point on, and then they decided to make it a vampire musical. And uh, we, just, we just had a great time. It was the four of us working very closely together, um, and we uh, created a great script, and we uh, made some really great music, and it was actually the script and the music and the idea that inspired and enrolled um, others to kind of be a part of the project. We, you know, kind of enlisted a guy named Mark Manshrek, who had a uh, red camera, and it was the first time that any of us got to use a, or even see a red camera. It was at the beginning of 08 when it was really just kind of coming out. And uh, and this guy, Mark, uh, allowed us to just use uh, use his camera. He was just being a part of it just because he, he enjoyed the idea of it. And so he just kind of felt inspired to be a part of it. And so that, that's kind of how it happened. Then we got through and something very, very small, an idea that we had that we weren't, we didn't have these big high hopes for. It was just something we just wanted to do for fun turned out to be something much bigger than any of us had expected and um so that i think that kind of that that got me really into the idea of collaborating with others well you've certainly whetted my appetite where can we see that thank you it's it's baracula.com people tend to uh, misspell it but it's uh, just like the uh the president's last name it's um b-a-r-a-c-k-u-l-a so like my dracula but um baracula so just baracula.com and you'll be able to see kind of the press and all that but you can also watch the full 12-minute video in HD on there. And, um, you know, er- again, everything there, you know, just so uh, their listeners can know, it looks really good. But we shot it, I'd say, for about 2,000 or less. And um, and a lot of it was just from favors that we got from friends. We got food donated to us. Um, it was really just one of those uh, things where we, we know the right people. We're in that community of making, uh, you know, video content and by knowing others and by being a part of that group, they come in and they help you with the thinking that, you know, at some point you'll return the favor. And it's kind of like a family that produces um, these uh, these projects. And, and we have. So, Baracula.com. I hope people go check it out. I'm sure they will, as will I. Now, you mentioned uh, limited budgets. Tell us how to get the most from a limited or even sometimes a no-budget production. Sure. Um, I'll speak with uh, some experience. Uh, most recently, uh, we've produced a new comedy series called uh, Hitting the Fan, um, and it's had uh, a very, very small budget. So um, the first place to, to start when you want to create something like a web series or just a show or just, or just a single thing, the first place to go is, is having a clear idea of what you want. Um, before you start calling friends over, before you maybe even start writing, you really want to think, you know, what is it that I want to create? Uh, how can I do this um, cheaply? Who do I know uh, that can help me on this? You know, people sometimes think that uh, when you hear the word resources, you think um, in financial terms. But in this kind of world, in this kind of arena with making video content, it actually, um, your resources are the people around you. If you associate with people that make video content, at at least, or you know people that do, um, they have a great wealth of of resources for you that you may not even be able to imagine. So at least start uh, sending out emails or making phone calls and starting from there, see what people can do. Um, we had asked a friend of ours that uh, does sound, our friend Josh Bissett, he just, he joined us on um, Hitting the Fan, and uh, he, you know, he was almost a favor to us. Uh, we didn't pay him very much at all. He should have been paid more. But he did it simply because 
he's a part of that that group, and at some point, I assume that we'll help him with something as well. So that's one way to begin. Okay, so you've got the project done, and uh, now you've posted it. Uh, how do you get people to find it? Okay, so right once you're past the um, production aspect, um, and you're now in post production, maybe editing, or even past that, what do you do now? Once again, I, w- I would say look around at the world around you. Look at um, follow the right people on like things like Twitter. Uh, that's a, that's a really amazing uh, resource because if you follow the right people on Twitter, um, you can learn information that that you really wouldn't get unless you spend hours digging up online. These people are doing it for you already, and you can do it in kind of live streaming action. Um, another way is to figure out how do you benefit others. Uh, where does your content belong? Did you, for instance, if you made a series, uh, does your would uh, you know a company like Netflix or Xbox? Would they have any interest in having some original content? Is, is the quality, is the audio and the video quality uh, up to par with what they want? If you've done some good planning on your end in pre-production and production, maybe you have some really phenomenal quality of writing, uh, of performances, video, audio. If you have all the four magic things all placed together, there's a lot of places where you can go. If maybe if you've only right now what we're doing is we've shot two episodes of, of our show. And um, we're kind of in that same place. We're reaching out to places where it might belong. So uh, maybe also to maybe another example, maybe check in with like a website like, um, you know, a product or something. I'm just going to Target. I don't know. For some reason comes to me. So you, you contact Target and uh, maybe for some reason they want their own show on their website. Who knows on the reason why, but they just might. Maybe your show has that, that original content that they're looking for, which they can also advertise on as well. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, you have some great financing that you never would have expected. And it's simply, once again, a matter of collaboration, but this time with a company. Well, you've given us some wonderful insights into the whole process from idea to completion. What do you foresee now in the next, say, five to ten years? For anyone that has had a hand in making video content now, uh, people know that uh, it's an exciting time to be doing this because look at where things were five years ago. Um, You never would have imagined the kind of advances that we see with um, video equipment and audio equipment that we have access to now. Not only do we have access to, but also really cheaply. You know, uh, there was never anything uh, like HD cameras would have cost a fortune five years ago. But right now, there's no excuse for anybody to not be able to make something that is worthy for a big screen with lots of people watching it or worthy of having 10, you know, 20,000, 30,000 people following it. It's just in a really phenomenal, exciting time to be doing this because cameras are going to be getting better, sound equipment is going to be getting better. They're also going to get uh, more affordable. Even uh, this month, I think Final Cut X uh, with Apple, um, that's, that software is coming out, I believe, this month, if I got that right. Even advances in just software can really take people's production to a new level that they would not have imagined five years ago. And the exciting thing is in five years from now, it's just going to be the same thing, but it's going to be exponential. I see in five years from now everyone having access to cameras like the red camera or better and being able to make something that looks beautiful uh, for under $1,000 or whatever it may be. So, uh, again, once, once you have these resources available to you, the first place to begin is a, a good proper planning. What do you want to write? What, what kind of script do you want? And, and while I have this opportunity to speak, I suggest people to give their scripts to others and let them do it. Do a table read because, you know, technology can get better and you can have access to really phenomenal equipment that will make you look good. 
but you want to make sure that the content is good too. So um, it's all equally important. Well, there you make an excellent point. The accessibility, the ease of use, the quality of the equipment, but it still comes down to the writing. Oh, absolutely. Every single time. Again, another example with our show right now, uh, Hitting the Fan, we did a table read for uh, with a group of friends that we were not asking to help us. Uh, we just wanted to uh, hear how it sounded out loud. It was me and uh, uh, Mike Lawson and Ron Falica. It's, it's kind of a production team I have out here. And, uh, you know, w- we liked having this table read. But once people read the script, um, there were actors with, with great credits, people with great talent, people that um, their time is valuable. They said to us, you know, how do we be a part of this? We just want to be a part of it. Uh, we'll help any way that we can. This is a great script. It's very funny. So it, it starts with that. And from that from that point forward, because we had a, a good product before the camera was turned on, um, more resources became available to us. And also for free, we got free relocations and things like that nature. Gavin, tell us a bit about how SpidVid has impacted collaboration and production for you. Absolutely. When I, when I first learned about SpidVid uh, not too long ago, I was impressed with with the idea. It's um, it's essentially just a place where people like myself and others, you know, that I assume will be listening to this, um, can really connect with others. And it's just, it's another uh, great resource out there. That's what it's all about. And, um, um, you know, you go online and you put, you put out a uh, video idea. And before you know it, you know, the world brings you something that you would not have expected, you know, yesterday. And now all of a sudden your project is, is jumping to, you know, new great heights and which, um, builds the excitement and builds the, I think, the production value as well. Um, it's, I think it's a great forum for people to connect and uh, learn things about themselves as video creators and also learn things about others and to produce even better content in the future. And uh, Jeremy's also just a pretty nice guy. He is that indeed. So if you could just wrap this up with a few easily digestible nuggets, what would they be? The, the four things that I think are most valuable, that they all, they're, they're your four pillars for a great project, and that is great writing, great performances, great video, and great audio. If, if uh, one of those pillars is missing, I, I feel like the, the foundation of what you're trying to accomplish will, will fall apart. If you're trying to go for something grand, if, uh, if you're just wanting to make something just to make it and show friends on uh, you know, Facebook or, or YouTube or whatever, then you have a lot more freedom. But if uh, you're trying to take it to a next level, we are getting financing or want it placed on a, uh, a network or you want a, a large phone, you really need to take into consideration, I think, these four very essential aspects to, uh, to video creating. Excellent. Now, Gavin, one more time, where do we see your stuff? You can uh, see my new uh, show, Hit Hitting, which I'm the star of, uh, and i uh, writer and composer of as well at hittingthefanshow.com. Uh, you can watch Baracula uh, at baracula.com. And I can be emailed from any of these sites as well. Um, I guess you can, best, best one now is Gavin at hittingthefanshow.com. Thank you so much, Gavin Layton, for joining us today. Michael, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Spitcast. Next up is an actor, writer, and editor of idiotscreen.com. He's Mike Lawson. So tell us a bit about yourself and what's your story. Well, uh, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio, in a small town right outside of Dayton. And, uh, you know, I always knew that I wanted to be a part of film since I was four. I started making films when I was, uh, when I was around four or five. I had my parents uh, play different roles, and I would direct them and write them and make remakes of movies that I already liked, like Red Dawn and, and a, a movie called Daryl, which is a TV movie about a boy robot. And, um, and I would, you know, write, and I just continued to do that through 
end of my childhood, and I moved out to L.A. like so many other people, and to you know primarily to be an actor and a writer, I really focused on writing first, and uh, excuse me, acting first, and I started working at casting offices, uh, just to intern and learn the other side, and worked in script development at a couple production companies also to to learn that side, and you know slowly uh, you know would book like kind of bit parts on TV shows, and then the parts started to get a little bit bigger and do some independent films and started to write more and I started to produce uh, you know uh, my own stuff because you know I got tired of waiting around like so many people do and I you know produced a couple short films and web series and and then I you know thought of the idea to kind of create a my own site like a blog featuring interviews and, and panel discussions and and my in our own content that my friends and I would do and and, uh, and have a hub for it. So uh, I created idiotscreen.com. And, uh, and now it brings me to right, right about now. Uh, so, and uh, that's, that's basically my, my story in a, you know, in a nutshell there. So now take us through the process from your idea to script to the finished product. Well, my friends and I, uh, we thought of an idea for, originally for like a half-hour comedy show. And we, we wrote a pilot. And, and, and we were like, okay, where do we take this? And, and we didn't have many connections with the, uh, you know, inside the, the big network studio system. So we said, let's do this on our own. And at the time, you know, other people were, of course, creating their own content for the web. And we thought, well, well you know, we can do this. So we, we uh, you know, we had the script. And then we had to add the outline for the rest of the, the series. The show is called, you know, Hitting the Fan. And we... Um, we basically kind of pulled our friends together. Uh, you know, we had a sound guy friend of ours that uh, we said, you know, can you work super cheap? Uh, you know, we started creating the website, just this WordPress site, you know, found a, a WordPress theme and, you know, started learning that and figuring out the color scheme. And, and then we, um, uh, you know, just had, you know, called all of our friends and, you know, Facebook them. And, 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 you know, between the three of us, my friends, uh, you know, Gavin and Ron and, we, we basically um, put what money we had into it, which is very little, and we created a test pilot shot on the HV20 camera, this little mini DV camera. We used uh, China lanterns because they were super cheap. You know, we used other kind of light fixtures from Home Depot. And, uh, and, that, and, we just, and when the boom, oh, and our sound guy couldn't be there, we, we had the other actors kind of boom that first episode. And we, we shot it. And uh, then it took several months to edit it. We we had a guy editing a, a friend of ours in New York. We were um, editing out here between our computers. Had a lot of bad luck as far as like computers crashing. There's probably like five different computers that it was on. Um, and then we we had a friend uh, do the sound mix. We we all you know the way we created it. We had a screening, and then we then we decided let's do a second episode before we air anything. So we went out. We we put a little bit more money, but not much, but we had learned a lot from that first one. We shot on the T2i Rebel and the Canon 70 DSLR HD cameras, and we got our um, other friends involved, and uh, we used, again, mostly China lanterns, uh, not really any uh, traditional film lights, but uh, we, you know, we went out, we shot it, and um, same thing. It was a lot quicker because we didn't shoot as much footage. We improv a lot more in that first one. We were a lot more efficient with our time and our schedule in the, the, the second episode, and, you know, we kind of put it out there, and, and that's kind of how that happened for, for that show, Hitting the Fan. And then another series that I did was a lot different, that panel show for Idiot Screen. Basically, I, you know, just contacted, 
you know, various people that, you know, I'd want to interview and scheduled a day, you know, at a friend's house and, you know, had, uh, you know, basic kind of China lanterns and borrowed a couple of lights from friends and uh, set up three cameras, uh, two T2I uh, Rebels and a 17D. Had some friends come. We just, you know, shot interviews all day and then had another friend edit it and, you know, put it out on the web and tried to send it out to the influencers out there, the people that, uh, you know, who, whose opinions seem to matter, which I believe is everyone. But uh, so we sent out to everyone and also those that, uh, you know, of course, um, you know, who have even more influence, you know, as far as, you know, views on their site or whatever. Now, through what you just said, there was a continuing thread, friends, friends, friends. Tell us about how Friends and Spidcast and others have helped you. Well, you know, Spidved and, and, and um, you know, another, you know, like Facebook and, and, and them together, you know, are, are basically, you know, for us, you know, I can I speak at least how we do it and what I've seen other friends do. They, you know, a resource to, to find talent because, you know, like a lot of the people that I work with, you know, I, I come mostly, again, from the acting background. And at the time, you know, I didn't have a lot of... Um, friends that were, I mean, I had one sound guy friend, which was a blessing, but the, the other people, I didn't really have many DP friends or editor friends or grips or, I don't know, or, you know, and even in certain cases for acting sake, you know, we, I, a lot of the, my friends are kind of playing a similar age to me, kind of mid-late 20s, uh, you know, but there's not always, um, you know, maybe like someone in their 40s or, you know, a teenager or, you know, to find, it was very helpful to find people who I didn't have in my inner circle and, and who were wanting to do the same thing. And, of course, by them helping us out, in turn, you know, we, you know, uh, owe them, you know, our, our, our help on their, their, their passion projects. And, you know, it's, it's just a way to, to find people because, you know, very often, at least in our case, you know, we didn't have the funds. Um, and, and even so, even if we did, we would still have to, we would want to have, a place to find them that, you know, that, that we could trust. And we would have, like, you know, uh, you know obviously if, if we have people who vouch for other people, you know, in person and, and online, we can trust them more than if, you know, we just got a resume through Craigslist, you know. Seeing, like, someone's profile page and their example work all in one page, uh, I think, you know, is very helpful. And, you know, on Spidvid and Facebook and you know, Twitter in a completely different way, uh, you know, but, you know, for as far as connecting, you know, I think Facebook, Spidvid, and, you know, some of the other places out there are, are, are a huge resource to, to, to filmmakers, and they definitely were for, for us. Well, you and your collaborators have certainly helped to bring the future to reality. What do you now see in the near and distant future? Well, I, you know, I see it uh, going more in the direction that it is. It's, you know, becoming, of course, uh, more digital and, and uh, you know, the gatekeepers, you know, once were, you know, at these networks and studios, you know, they're, of course, going to fight on to, to keep their place, but, you know, they're slowly slipping away. Uh, you know, I do think that when it comes to collaboration, it's, it's, it's um, going to become more involved as far as um, there's going to be more and more content and more and more avenues to watch it, and, you know, it's already happening where, you know, we're watching on different devices, mobile and and uh, of course, on 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 television, internet, on television, vice versa. But we're just going to see more of that. I, I, where I where I don't think that it's going to change too much is in just the 
or I hope not, is the, the, the medium itself. You know, I mean, uh, you know, I, I think that there, I'm a huge fan of collaboration. I think that that's the incredibly important thing. But I also think that, um, you know, I, having a specific vision, be it with the one creator or a couple of creators, and, of course, listening to input is very important. But, you know, I, what I hope that it doesn't change is that, you know, like, you know, I, I'm not, a, like, personally, I'm not a big fan of, like, interactive you know, uh, um, of content, you know, I, I, when I'm watching a story or reading a book, I want the writer, the court director to take me in a certain place. So I don't think that's going to change except for a couple of, um, you know, gimmicks here and there, but where it will change and get better, I think is just, it's, there's going to, as more and more sites, you know, keep growing where we can find more people, um, and we can monetize the content online. And, and, uh, you know, I mean, I know like Joseph Gordon-Levitt, uh, you know, has that hit record site, uh, which, uh, you know, I believe just sold a first book from someone uh, coming up with an idea on his site. And they have a book deal, I believe I just saw. I could be wrong. So, you know, we'll see more and more of that where these gatekeepers are going away and the gatekeepers are just, you know, you and me and everyone else who are, you know, have an Internet account, you know. And that's just, I think, just going to continue to to grow uh, and get better. We're unlike where the actual storytelling itself, despite a couple of gimmicks and niches here and there, I don't. I hope that that doesn't change too much because I think, um, you know, there's something to be said for classic storytelling and uh, you know pushing boundaries is one thing, but you know, but you know, but yeah, that's basically kind of what I feel about it. Now, Mike, you've mentioned the phrase gatekeepers several times, and isn't it a wonderful thing that the process of those gatekeepers and their influence has changed? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, it, I, it is, it's a great thing, you know, and it's, it's because it's, you know, and also it doesn't cost as much to, to create something now as it used to. So not only do the, gate, or the gatekeepers not as important as they once were, um, we now have the ability to, to go out there and, and create what we want to create. At a cheaper rate, uh, you know, and and that's that's inspiring. I mean, you know, on the flip side, you could argue that with the cost going down and more content out there, it's harder to monetize. But I believe that the ones that really stand out, you know, the films, the short films, the web series, whatever it may be, the ones that are truly great will find a home and will will make their money, or they'll make their money on their next one. Uh, you know, and 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 I think that that's that you know, it's you know, the good ones will eventually be found now that we've had a chance to visit with you mike and folks have gotten to know you i'm sure they're going to want to see your stuff where do we go find some of your work well you know you could go to uh, idiotscreen.com or hitting the and you can there you can um, watch the panel shows and interviews that we've done and also the original series uh, hitting the fan and then we've got a feature film called the deadbeat that we'll be shooting uh you know later this fall and there'll be more information uh, about that as well. So uh, idiotscreen.com and hittingthefanshow.com as well. Excellent. And do you have a parting shot for our listeners? No, I mean, I, other than, I guess, you know, just the typical, you know, just set a due date and go out and do something, I think I find to be the best thing. And, and uh, you know, just, you know, and if it, you know, like Seth Godin says, you know, ship it, you know, just go out there and ship something out into the world uh, and then keep, and then go out and ship something else. And, you know, constantly will get better each time, but, uh, you know, the important thing is to ship it. Mike Lawson, thank you so much for taking the time to visit today. Hey, thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to our Spidcast show. We appreciate your time and attention. You can now join the conversation at spidcast.com or on our Spidvid blog. 
And you can join our collaborative filmmaking community at spidvid.com. Tune in next month for another entertaining and informative episode of Spidcast. Spidcast.